2: Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, this is the option that I had. So you're saying, hey guys, playing this last game, you know, all that you've been working for all your life, you play to win, forget that, lose the game on purpose, I think that would be a hard one to get by. They wouldn't expect me to say that. I didn't. What well, we work each week, our game plan has been to win the game. It's kind of simple as that. And that's what we followed through on the day.
1: The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. That
0: was Lovey Smith. He did the Bears a solid. He did Ryan Poles a solid. He did the whole city a solid. Biggest win that Lovey Smith had for the Bears since the NFC championship game. Locking up the number one overall pick. And Ryan Poles now sits in a position that every football executive I would imagine dreams of. Most cap space in the NFL, the Bears. Number one pick, the Bears. And the belief that you got your franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Joining us now to talk about that is a man who has sat in those seats. He was the GM of the Jets. He was the executive vice president of the Dolphins. Mike Tannenbaum with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. Mike, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today?
2: Good, guys. Nice to be with you.
0: So uh, how do you think Ryan Poles is feeling considering all of his options this offseason?
2: Yeah, it's actually, you know, for all the things that happened in pro football yesterday, I think the most interesting and potentially consequential was the Bears being the number one pick overall because it gives them tremendous optionality moving forward.
0: So you said there will be long discussions on whether to draft Bryce Young or continue with Justin Fields. You obviously got a ton of reaction to that. What would you do?
2: Well, look, I got four months to figure it out. Um, There's a lot to like about both guys, and there's probably a lot more to discuss here than what I just was able to put out in a single tweet. Yep. And I would say part of that would be two factors before I would make a final decision. One would be looking at the contracts, meaning that, Justin Fields would be going uh, next year. He'd be one year away from potentially getting a contract extension where we're talking about, you know, very significant money. So, you know, there's a saying kind of like resetting the contract clock where you're going back to a rookie contract. Cause guys, you got to remember that in the NFL system being on a rookie contract is a significant, significant advantage. So um, that would certainly be one factor. The other factor would be, I think this is kind of hard to get into in the, in the Twitter world, but, they're sitting in a tremendous position of strength because let's just say they did take Bryce young or we're going to take Bryce young or water, or even let's say CJ Stroud from ironically, Ohio state, there would probably be a team or teams that would be interested in Justin fields because there's so many teams this year that need quarterbacks. So because of that, it's any of analysis we would do, we would look at the contract and then I would assume that, you know, you can name a hundred teams from Carolina Even a team like Tampa Bay, New Orleans, that could be calling Ryan Poles and the Bears to say, hey, you know, is Justin Fields available?
1: So, Mike, we've lived through the first four years of Mitch Trubisky and the Bears not picking up that option after year three um, and not franchising him either. Now we'll watch year three, theoretically, of Justin Fields, and then the Bears decide whether to pick up that option or not and go into year four and maybe, you know, it's all those kind of things. What are the factors you as a GM would be thinking about in terms of the rest of your roster and, and the finances of it if you were deciding on sticking with Justin Fields into year three or going to Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in year one? What are the advantages that you'd be thinking about?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, if I'm keeping Justin Fields, you know, I, I'm absolutely exercising the option. He He's a really good young quarterback that continues to get better he has a ways to go. Um, and one of the things I like about Justin Fields is he'd probably be the first one to say that. But the, the consequential difference is this. While you're on the rookie contract, you really do have an opportunity to add a lot of meaningful pieces around your team. Um, and we've seen that countless times in the NFL because there's such you know, a disparate amount. Because, you know, let's face it, these veteran contracts are now approaching $50 million per year on a veteran extension. So, I would try to certainly fortify the line because if it's Justin Fields, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whomever, like their line needs to get better. And with $100 million in room and trying to keep that quarterback position on the rookie contract as long as possible, I'm I'm starting with that first, second, and third. Because until you have a line for any of these young quarterbacks, really nothing else matters.
0: Mike Tannenbaum, former uh, general manager and executive vice president of the NFL, is our guest What do you think would command more on the trade market? Justin Fields or the number one pick?
2: Yeah, great question. I would probably think the number one pick, but I think it's close. And again, I think the fundamental difference would be time on contract, you know, because now you're resetting, you're going back several years to say like, okay, now we're in the first year or potentially a five-year deal. Now, look, that doesn't mean that's going to be perfectly executed. I'll give you a good example of a recent mistake, in my opinion, you know the uh, Giants didn't exercise Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. And I think that was a mistake then, and it certainly looked like one now because I think they're going to have to wind up franchising Daniel Jones. If not, I think there's a really good chance they'll lose him because, again, there's so many teams that need a quarterback. And because of that, I think they would get a pretty big premium for that first pick overall.
0: So just like hypothetically here, do you think – Justin Fields would get the fourth pick in the draft from the Colts.
2: Potentially, you know, he would be such a material upgrade over what they've had from Rivers once obviously Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think there's certainly a discussion. Now, look, if I'm the Colts, for example, my only concern is, you know, we got basically, you know, one season, then the option. Um, So you're much closer to, again, a very significant extension, but if you're the Colts, you're probably saying to yourself, look, that's a great bill for us to pay. If we've, you know, finally solved this post, you know, Andrew Luck situation, it's well worth, you know, the price of, you know, getting the player.
1: Mike, we've been dreaming of this kind of scenario and we were thinking it'd be a number two pick, boy, that'd be great. Maybe you'd have a control over the second quarterback selected. Now here they are at one. Um, What is the ideal scenario now if you're Ryan Poles, is it ideal that one definitive quarterback, be it Bryce Young or whoever, is the desired target as as the conversation develops, or would you rather have multiple quarterbacks, um, you know, emerging as the conversation develops? What's best for your leverage as a general manager?
2: Yeah, I think if like one player like sort of you know separates himself, and I think in my opinion that's going to be Bryce Young because he's an incredible thrower of the football, great accuracy, great strength, great anticipation. His character on a scale of one to 11, one to 10 is probably 11 or 12. He's a rare guy. Uh, And my colleague at ESPN, Tom McShield, Steph Curry. I think there's a lot of, that makes sense there where when Steph Curry came out as an undersized player at Davidson, people looked at him and said, boy, can he withstand the rigors, you know, of uh, the NBA and the rest of his history. And I think, You know, Bryce Young looks somewhat undersized, but I think he's going to have, you know, a very, very similar career. I think he's going to be a great player for a long time. And if at least one other team agrees with that, then I think Ryan Poles could sit there and say, like, well, either we could take that great player ourselves or turn that into multiple picks and we still have Justin Fields.
1: So, and, and that is better to clarify that's better than, say, there being wide debate. And the Texans wanting a quarterback that maybe, uh, you know, would not be, um, at, at number one, uh, could that still be effective to have that desired?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, again, the difference is, let's say the Texans love, uh, CJ Stroud, right. Then they could just take CJ Stroud with the second pick. Um, and sometimes, you, you know, we saw that what, a couple of years ago with the, you know, a couple of second round picks to take Sam Darnold, but they didn't have to get all the way up to number one. So, um, you know, and the other way they may look at it and for you know all the your listeners out there like there's a guy playing tonight in Jalen Carter from the Georgia Bulldogs who you know a lot of people think should be the first pick in the draft and you could just say hey we're just going to take Jalen Carter and and build from there. I just think this is a a really unique opportunity for the Bears cuz things broke their way yesterday where they could either upgrade their quarterback or turn it into a hopefully for them a really big haul of picks where they could address, you know, a number of their needs.
0: Yeah, I think that's the overwhelmingly most likely outcome here but we want to explore all uh, possibilities as we're talking to Mike Tannenbaum who's been in that seat as the former general manager and executive vice president of the Dolphins and Jets Ryan Pohl speaks tomorrow at 10 30 how much does it matter what he says publicly in terms of keeping up the appearances that he might draft a quarterback at one versus a full-throated endorsement of Justin Fields
2: yeah. I think basically what he has to come out to say tomorrow is like, we're keeping all our options open and we believe in just fields. Like, you know, that's easy. And, um, you know, anybody this time of year, you know, we're still in early January. we got four months of, you know, reason speculation. So, you know, for him, I think it's just a great opportunity for the team and, you know, things just sort of like broke their way on the final day of obviously what was a very disappointing season. Um, and hopefully for them, they can now take advantage of it and, you know, you just want to be able to get as many of those pieces as you could possibly get. Um, and, again, if you feel that convicted about Justin Fields, you really hope somebody's just dying to come up and is going to pay a, a real premium for it.
1: Mike, we've dreamed of of coaches or front office being transparent about what has been so obvious which is the tank? It was a really good job by the Bears this year. They did a really, really good job.
0: They lost in spectacular fashion. Mike.
1: Spectacular fashion. One of the Mike. best
0: losing teams I've ever seen. It's,
1: seriously, and 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 it's been interesting because they traded away their defensive captains two weeks in a row. You know, guys went on IR with injuries that might not have. I mean, maybe they were, but but who knows? But I, it, can that be uncomfortable between a GM and a coach? Have you ever been in a position where 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 you had to be doing something that made sense objectively? from above, and the coach was out there living the week-to-week life.
2: Yeah, well, that's where, you know, when you ever a privilege one of these jobs, I always said, hey, like, you got to define it as being a point guard, so you're sitting between the head coach and the owner, and you got to be in lockstep, whatever it may be. Trading a player, you know, I've done that. Um, acquiring players, done that tons of time. you just got to be on the same page and know that, hey, whatever we do, there's consequences. I'll give you a great example, guys. You know, the consequences of the way the Rams did things are coming home to roost, which is they don't have tech off cap room, but to their credit, you know, they have a ring and now they got to figure out what's in their next best interest, including, you know, if, is Sean McVay going to walk or not. And uh, yeah, the bears trade a couple of really good players and Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Um, but they did it with an eye towards their future. And now like for them, what's really important, they have to execute the backside of this plan. Now get the right players. And um, like for me, again, if you don't have a good offensive line, you know, none of these things matter. And, you know, really starts with fortifying that with you know a couple of significant upgrades there.
0: So, do you think Nick Casario is watching the Texans game yesterday, rooting for Davis Mills to throw an incomplete pass on the two point conversion?
2: <laughs> you know, you know what's really interesting about this, guys, and Mike Sando of the Athletic pointed this out. Nick Casario's other responsibilities during the game is he helps with in game management decisions in terms of you know what to throw the challenge flag, what to call timeouts. So presumably he was part of that discussion about the two-point play or not and um i'm sure he had a lot of mixed feelings where look you get into this profession because you're uber competitive and you want to win as many games as possible um but the other half of that obviously as the gm is gosh we just lost you know the 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 first pick in the draft so i'm sure there was a lot of emotions for a lot of people yesterday
0: that see that's crazy to me so like <laughs> isn't it obviously isn't it objectively true that it would have been better for the Texans to drop that two-point conversion yesterday?
2: Without question. You know, but <laughs> players and coaches don't think that way and you got to make that decision much earlier in the week. You know, we we just had a special on ESPN and Adam Schefter brought this up like if you're really going to do that, if you're Houston, you know, you're not playing Davis Mills, you're not playing Brandon Cooks. You're just giving them the day off. So um, you know again you, you don't it's really hard guys to address that in the moment of are we going for two like the, the hay has to be in the barn much much earlier
0: so a thing that came up a lot this year mike uh over the course of this like once it became very clear that justin fields was good and exciting but that the bears were also really bad and losing a ton of games like on this show we were at the point where we were rooting for losses for this exact position for the draft pick and a lot of some uh you know Bears media types were talking about, like, learning to win and the culture and you got to learn to win. And I was like, well, they'll, they'll learn to win when they get better players. Like, there's no difference in being a three-win team and a five-win team, but there is a difference between having the number one overall pick and the number seven overall pick. Who's right in that debate?
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It really doesn't matter if you win three games, five games, seven games. You weren't going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Um, but what does matter is, you know, get – experience like you want your young players to play get out there um but you're right at the end of the day it doesn't matter how many games they won this year they were going to win the super bowl and now they have to go execute the plan right they they acquired the picks they got the cap room and now they have to go execute the back half of it but generally speaking i agree with your point so
1: you just missed geno smith right geno was a first round pick just after you left the jets do i have that right mike
2: yep we i was gone before he came
1: okay Cause it's, it's pretty fascinating to see where Gino is and and where he'd come. Do you feel like you know more about drafting a quarterback and figuring out which quarterbacks are going to be good at this point in your life than 15 years ago? We've been, as we follow this league and follow sports, there's nothing more important. And it seems like people still don't know what the hell they're doing from time to time.
2: Yeah. And uh, that just comes with experience. You know, I, I cover the draft for ESPN and, um, every year I learn something else new and absolutely there's nothing like repetitions and experience. And, um, you know, I've hit on a number of uh, first round players and quarterbacks and missed on my fair share as well. And, um, you know, level of competition and experience and um, how players learn and their ability to process information, who's moving with them um, infrastructure, you know, how they grew up background, you know, how you coach them, like, there's so many different variables that um, it's that's why it's such a subjective process, and that's why we see you know such a variant in terms of like the outcome from players that you know are thriving and then players like Zach Wilson who are really struggling.
0: Let, last thing from me uh, as we talked to Mike Tannenbaum here, he did the job for the Jets and and the Dolphins. Some Bears fans, whenever the suggestion comes up about trading Justin Fields, they get very offended, and I'm a Justin Fields fan. Bears fan, he's the most exciting Bears offensive player literally of my lifetime, Mike. Uh, It'd be very hard for them to trade Justin Fields. But if this was next year and Caleb Williams was sitting there, I'd be like, trade Justin Fields, draft Caleb Williams. It's a no-brainer. So I'm not – I think that Ryan Polds needs to explore every possible option. The contract, maybe he loves one of these guys. He didn't draft Justin Fields. Justin Fields unproven as a passer, whatever the case may be. I hope he doesn't, but it doesn't offend me. Can you just speak to the Bears fan who is offended by even the notion of considering moving on from Justin Fields?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I felt it last night to be candid. You know, we live in such a polarized world, be it sports or politics. And You know, basically I was going out with my colleague Dan Orlowski and like basically both these things could be true. Like Justin Fields could be a young, emerging, really good quarterback and Bryce Young could be a superstar. Like both those things could be true. Like just because you trade Justin Fields doesn't mean you don't think he's a good player. You just think there's an opportunity for something better. And you have to look at the whole team. If someone's going to offer you multiple players and picks like the way, for example, what Seattle got for Russell Wilson, of course you're going to look at it. It doesn't mean you don't think Russell Wilson's a good player. It's just that, you know, there's a better option on the table. And um, I, I felt that same sentiment last night.
0: All right. And best case guess here. What do you think you would get for Justin Fields? Again, I hope they don't trade him, but you think a first-round pick and more is in play, correct? No, no question about it because,
2: again, I could give a, a really good argument that at least a dozen teams need a quarterback. So a one and something else is very reasonable because someone's going to look at the Bears and say, wow, if we have Justin Fields. Take the Jets, for example. I mean, there were so many teams yesterday that could have used a quarterback. Take the Jets. You know, an improved team on both sides of the ball you know, you put him in with that team. Like the Jets are very much in the playoff competition, you know, conversation the moment they make that trade.
0: All right. Fascinating stuff. We might call you back as the draft comes closer because we got about four more months of this. Uh, Mike, Mike <laughs> Tannenbaum, thank you so much for the insight and the expertise. Thank you, sir.
2: Okay. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: You did the job. I find it fascinating and people are like, I want you to argue on behalf of Justin Fields. That's not what this is for. Like we, we you guys know where we come out. Uh, I, I, I just hasn't on that happened Fields.
1: enough this year, people. Yeah, yeah, but
0: I mean exactly. But the, that is that is a guy who's talking to you about what the value of the one pick is, what the value of Fields is. Yeah, a general manager being really intrigued by resetting the contractual clock because you think like right now, hey, you got all the cap space in the world, but you won't
1: in a couple years.
0: Yeah, it can, it can dry up fast and especially as soon as you got to pay fields, uh, you know, and, and by the way, you want to pay fields. Like you want fields to be good enough to pay him, but then it is tougher to build a team around him. You think
1: it'd be a more complicated conversation if the rest of the roster looked a little bit better? I don't know. Cause it, it, in some ways, well, I guess you'd then it, lean towards, towards just keeping Justin, but like if the rest of the roster looked a little bit better, the idea of having the cap space, plus the quarterback on a rookie deal with everything you could do might seem more attractive. No,
0: I, I think it's a very simple thing of, like, do you have doubt about Justin Fields' ability to be great? If your answer to that question is yes, you need to consider drafting a quarterback number one overall. You, just, you need to. If you have no doubt about Justin Fields' ability to be great, then you need to take this unbelievable asset that you have earned and support the guy who has the ability to be great. But if you think, like, Justin Fields is going to peak at the 12th best quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. or the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, you know what I mean? Somewhere in there. But you, but then you scout Will Levis and you're like, Jesus, this guy, he's got everything. Or Bryce Young, you, you know, wh- whomever it is. Then you have to do that. Like, you, you, you'd have, it, it would be one of the toughest decisions made by an executive in this town in the history of this town. It would be an unbelievably gutsy move.
1: But you have to look into it and think about you it. You
0: have to look in it. You got, you got four months. Ryan Poles could literally, he could take a week on each quarterback and I'm, I'm, this week I am only doing oh, no. Bryce Young stuff. And next week I'm only doing CJ Stroud. And the week after that, I'm only doing Will Levis.
1: You know what it is though, man. It's like, People have spent a good couple years here trying to figure out if they like Justin Fields, if they want in, and we've we've driven that conversation. Lord knows, and now if you're there. And you've gotten there, and you're like, we got a guy! It's, let's say you attended the QB1 party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, then all of a sudden, it's very difficult to think about uh, reinvesting and restarting that clock for your, you, yourself, experientially. You, yourself, emotionally. I got to then decide if Bryce Young is the guy or not. It, <sighs> oh, it would suck. It feels grueling. I, again, I, Sounds I, daunting.
0: I would hate it. Just because, I don't know, I, I spent like 10 minutes watching highlights of Bryce Young yesterday. Just because... I get it. He's mobile and crazy accurate. Now, he's not explosive athletically like Fields, but he's run around, create time in the pocket to get guys open type of mobile. How about
1: anticipatory throws? Throwing guys open. Very quick. Pocket stuff. It's very quick. It's one, two, three. It's it's
0: it's very, very, very quick. But he's 180 pounds. Yeah, he's small. You know, it. That that's why I and i'm consi- i, I don't believe in russell wilson kyler murray uh tua like i'm not really a fan of any of those guys he's just too small mm. so i would i would stay with fields but Again, like Will Levis, people are going to look at it and say, this dude can do everything.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think it's – But the, that would be terrifying. The opportunity is too good. You know what you have in the person. You know what you have in the stuff bucket. Yep. Yeah, Have we not learned anything from the stuff bucket? We know definitively the yep. stuff bucket is 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 overflowing. So you know what you've got in the guy. Take the opportunity. To let somebody else be this year's Ryan Pace who falls in love with Will Levis as this year's Mitch Trubisky.
0: Yeah, I listen, I, I got 98%. That Fields is here next year, but this opportunity of you would be you would be negligent, you would be prof- professionally negligent, and just for me personally, I'd say the hardest I've ever gone on anyone in this town was when Ryan Pace didn't fully scout and meet with Deshaun Watson because I was like, it's just a failed process. Mm-hmm. So you have because because by the way, if Fields ends up being the twelfth to fifteenth best quarterback in the draft and Bryce Young or Will Levis ends up being generational, and Bears fans twice in the last six years will have passed on Pat Mahomes generational and Bryce Young generational, that would be unbelievably tough to stomach. So if you do do that, you have to at least know that Ryan Poles went to his pro day Met with him, interviewed him, brought him in for the five hour personal workout. You know, you, you've got to, you've got to, it's, it's too important. It's just so much more valuable than Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or whomever. But it's just tougher to throw a party for a three tech I
1: know, that's the thing. We got, I, I, I feel like the party, the party's died down a little bit. You guys sense that? They're you think like, it's the
0: beard? You think uh, I should put the beard back I up? I think
1: five o'clock. I think the beard's got to come back at five. I'll bring the beard back up at five. Yeah, you're just not dedicated. It's okay. You're not <laughs> yeah. dedicated.
0: Yeah. That's what it is. I don't see anyone else with balloons in their budget. New contract, by the way. Big balloon clause.
1: Speaks. Danny, we talked about this last week. Got a million bucks. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, Shane said it. Shane uh, put it out there. That's exciting. Yeah, it should be. Good
3: for him. You look like Gary all. Meyer walking around yeah, over yeah, I was
1: going to say, I didn't realize that it was 2003 all over again. He
3: blew it all on balloons. So sad. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I had to buy him lunch today.
1: Yeah, He blew a lot. Take it easy. Including the Tin Man. (laughs) Take it easy. Sometimes. There was a pause. There was a long pause. I think. Sometimes you can leave it at the long pause and just assume people were listening back in the 2 o'clock hour.
0: Have you not met me? There's no way to know. There were other glorious moments yesterday in the NFL. Some of them even related to the Bears coming up on the score.
3: Here's a blitz. Can Rogers beat it? Big ball downfield and it is intercepted by
0: Kirby Joseph. Joseph out of bounds around
3: the 45. He's got Rodgers for the third time. And the Packers are in major trouble. Salute
0: major trouble. Pretty glorious. Aaron Rodgers' Packers career and NFL career could end with an interception at Lambeau Field. The Lions, an exciting team, man. They're building something there. Yeah. They are. They are. No, they absolutely are. Finished the second half of the season strong.
1: Great offensive line. They didn't turn the ball over. Well, they had the fewest turnovers in the NFL. They went 5-1 and one against their division, I read somewhere. Yeah. Very, and- <laughs> very, very
0: strong offensive performance, especially at home. Um, Aiden Hutchinson...
1: Looks like a superstar. They drafted Jamison Williams who didn't even play till week 10 and has looked really fast and really good.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown and DeAndre
1: Swift. How about DJ Chark? We're yeah. ca- catching some big passes and possession moments last Jared night. Jared Goff,
0: affordable, only 28 years old. They've got their pick. They've got uh, – then, of course, they've got the pick from the Rams. So, they got two picks in the top 18, 17 uh, of the draft.
1: Favorite to win the division next year? Depending on how the draft goes, they got two picks in the top eighteen. I think they're going to be a, a very trendy they're pick. They're going to be to very
0: trendy. I mean, it's tough, right? Like the the Vikings won a ton of games and are in the playoffs at, at what what did they? They they finished 13 and 4. So they're 13 and 4. If Rodgers goes back to Green Bay and the Lions improve, I don't I don't know that Detroit's a preseason favorite, but there's going to be so it's a wide range of outcomes for the division because the Vikings won 13 games but are seen as fraudulent. The Lions won nine games, finished the season strong, are going to only add pieces, but people still think, "Well, it's the Lions." And the Packers either get better or lose Aaron Rodgers and tear the entire thing down. So, wide range of outcomes, I think, for the <sighs> NFC North.
1: Can um can you help me with the Jamal Williams, uh, um intro? Because sure. I, th- I, um, I think I'm I think I'm owed. I, th- I think I am. I am too aged to You're deal with this. You Danny to
3: help with this <laughs> very obscure reference? Let's hear. it.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe not for Danny. Shane, can you help me? Let's get it.
3: No, I don't think I can help you with this one either. All right, I'm keeping my cards yeah, close The Detroit offense starts at the 25. Jared Goff, Cal, first leg game. leader of the hidden village of the D. Josh Reynolds, John Jay High School. <laughs> that's, that's
1: Jamal Williams introducing himself. I, I, I don't know what it is.
3: First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the dean
2: <laughs> I
3: got
0: nothing. Well, I'd love to tell you. Why don't you? I just, you know, I, I'd like to keep it too close to the chest. Because <laughs> uh, I obviously know. I'm obviously cool enough and hip enough to, you know, to know what he's saying. Of course. First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden
1: village of the dean.
3: <laughs> First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the dead. Hmm.
1: I mean, I thought, it was, I thought it was the key and peel bit. I, yeah, I thought I don't know for a moment knowing,
3: i don't know if knowing this makes you cool actually i think it's kind of the opposite yeah, oh what well, is like nerd culture stuff <laughs> what is it I, I, I don't know but it sounds like nerd culture stuff. it's uh, anime naruto oh yeah absolutely not dorks <laughs> uh, naruto
1: oh i should have asked ruben ruben loves that stuff oh man very exciting
3: very entertaining player no clue what he's talking remember about. Remember, he was into Pokemon, remember? I
1: don't, it, it, it about I don't watch TV. You watch TV? You didn't hear about it? I don't,
3: uh, I'm trying not to cuss. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to play football and go home. You're holding, me. you're holding me right now. I just want to go home and play Pokemon.
0: Oh, God. Wow, he's a dork. That's really endearing. The guy who broke Barry Sanders' franchise record for touchdowns That's is tremendous. a big anime guy. That's great. Who knew? All right, Jamal Williams. Oh, God. Post game, he was also, he ran the gamut. Speak. Did you see his on-field interview? I did not. Oh, my God, was it glorious. Mike, when the Lions walked on this field tonight, they knew they were eliminated from the
3: playoffs. And this guy over here, Jamal, you set the franchise record. You broke Barry Sanders' record. What does that mean to you? Oh, uh, My great-grandfather died on me. I'll just dedicate this to him. I'm just proud, I'm just grateful to do this for him. My grandfather, he was 92, but I'm just grateful for him to be in my life and I'm grateful to be able to play football and do this for him. So there's a lot of memories, a lot of emotion happening right now, but I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great-grandfather and I'm glad that he's looking down on me and I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made, we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions, stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I gotta say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. Former Packer right here. I saw you talking to Aaron Rodgers for quite a bit after, what'd you guys say? Man, I just uh, appreciate him for my first four years in the league of just showing me how to be a professional. Just showing me how the league works and, you know, how to go about your business the right way. So I just gave him his appreciation of just showing me uh, as, as a vet.
1: Man, I love that guy. That was incredible. Absolutely love that guy. He shifts on a dime from crying about his departed great grandfather to talking smack. That was amazing. <laughs> to the media
0: that he doesn't watch because he doesn't watch TV because he's too busy playing Pokemon. Wow! But then also giving respect to a first ballot Hall of Famer like oh. that. It was everything. That is tremendous. Yeah, big fan of Jamal Williams. Oh, God. That game in our in our show chat. That game was so big that our non-football-loving producing staff was watching it start to finish.
3: Say how big that game was. That surprised me. I've been texting with a very, very high-profile Lions fan. Who also enjoys baseball about that game? Oh <laughs> my uh, God! Yeah, he's so on it today. He's,
1: he's, <laughs> he's blowing us all up. That guy just loves the text about the Lions.
0: I initiated
3: mm-hmm. this. Th- I have a feeling he probably initiated with you guys. I initiated the Lions talk with so, uh, said high-profile Lions fan. We can we can then deduce by process of elimination. There's one guy on the show that this person doesn't like very much. <laughs> <laughs> he just no, he he probably
0: would love to talk about the Lions with you, Shane. But he might not have, have so, your number. It's yeah. Yes. L- Len Casper has your number. it just got to be so. Shy. Shocking that you watched the game and would care. I
1: was shocked. Yeah, Yeah. Tanny spoke for me a lot in the text thread today. I saw like the last quarter. Okay,
0: (laughs) there we go. That's about right. Oh man, it was
3: the game had everything. It was a classic NFC North battle. This game has everything. Yeah, I mean you had the frozen tundra. You had running the football. You had guys taking forearms to the head. You had shoving trainers going on. You got training
1: staffs getting shoved. Quay Walker, man. I mean, I know you got just, like, bumped a little bit, and it surprised you, and you're like, who's this guy doing
0: Well, it's also that? the second time he's done it.
3: speak's it... caping for him. <laughs> yeah. Advocate of, of shoving yeah. the first responders. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that hits you guys really first close responders. to home, because you
0: guys were first responders uh, in the early portions Essential of the pandemic. Essential frontline yeah, heroes. Yeah, in 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was his, mm. his apology on social media was very good, but his actions on the field were very, very bad. Come on, buddy. Yeah, he can't
1: <laughs> shove a member of the training staff. And Collinsworth was right there, ready to point out that this was also the week where a member yeah. of the training staff did CPR.
0: It was a bad. It was bad yeah. timing. Yeah. Hey, One of these guys look. on another team saved the dude's life, so probably should back off. Mm. But that was a the Lions all year have just. They've been impressive. Like, they went from being like, oh, they're just the, the kneecap eaters to they're actually good and they play hard for this guy. To Wow, they've got some talented pieces on both sides of the ball, score a ton of points, maybe have their quarterback, mm-hmm. have an offensive coordinator who's going to get head coaching job interviews. They love their head coach. Yeah. Like all they got a s- thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Two high draft picks. They, they all of a sudden – they have a real thing.
1: Yeah, and they got laughed at. Dan Campbell got laughed at uh, a lot. I don't think they're kneecap eaters. Just just to look back, they're bite, biters. More they're biters. biters. More biters than they are eaters. Why, why, why are you quibbling <laughs> with me on that? Because that's
0: not an important correction. <laughs> that's not a distinction
1: that's necessary. I thought we were in the business of unnecessary <laughs> distinctions. A,
0: a bite versus a okay,
2: snack.
1: Fine. A, a can down. We're going to get up, and on the way up, we're
2: going to bite a kneecap off. All
0: right, so All right. You're right. You're right.
1: No, actually, I'm not, because he says you're going to bite it off, so that does imply like you're going to bite it off, and then it's in your mouth, so at that point, you might as well eat it. Or, or
0: yeah, see? I'm, yeah. Glad we, I'm glad we did this. Yeah.
1: Texter points it out, too. Dan Campbell,
0: what can we do for his nose in cold-weather games in the future? Looks like Rudolph. His nose was so red. It was, it was, it was glaring. It was a different shade mm. than everything else on his body. I was a little concerned about him last year. Surprised
1: night. it survived, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like my color of my lips. Um, but anyway, so you were you're picking the Lions next year.
1: Uh yeah, I think uh right. I, I think the Lions are gonna get a lot of love. And I know they got a lot of love this past off season, but you know, it it it's interesting because where the Bears are with everything that they have and you feel like if you've been watching it, the roster's too far away. It's going to take at least a couple years, but teams do go 3-13, and 13, or in this case now 3-14, and 14, and make the playoffs the next year.
0: The Jaguars did it.
1: They just did it just now.
0: The Jaguars did it. Yeah, yeah. so you have
1: to go all the way back to right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one thinks they're going to be in the Super Bowl next year, but much better playing meaningful games in December. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields in contention for taking a leap and offensive player of the year and things like that. That's in play with a good offseason and some good health. It's in play
1: every, every week. There is going to be an expectation that you show up, play hard, and have a chance to win. And they actually did that for much of this year. Showed up and played hard and had a chance to win. Not so much at the end, but every week now, there's that expectation. We'll restart the
0: QB one-and-one party at 5 o'clock. One thing I'd like to try to avoid this offseason next on The Score. The promo said, Len, why did you do it?
3: You were pointing at the screen, and I was wondering what was going on. Pass it over to Len. This to right field, Reyes is there. Two down.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hold him hostage. Uh, You know, I understand, uh, you know, we're still in January here. March is for agency, so... um, Just need some time to, uh, like I said, get the emotion out of it and then um, figure out what's best. That was Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's best to step away. Got to figure out what's best. We'll see where it goes. Blah, 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 Mm blah. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of football. But this wouldn't be the third consecutive offseason where, in theory, he could hijack everything conversationally and for the Green Bay Packers. It's fascinating, but I think it's a virtually unmovable contract. My guess is they move Jordan Love and not him. Could be wrong, but that's what my assumption will be. Mm -hmm. My read on this is that Rodgers just wants to be wanted. He wants
1: them to say, hey, man, this wasn't your fault. Absolutely. Come back. He's a narcissist of the highest order who wants them to bow down and say, you're the best and we need you, and he effectively has done that for a couple of years. So I,
0: I expect him to take a couple of weeks off, then there to be some sort of story about how Goodenkunst and Lafleur and him all got together, took down a bottle of scotch and decided, let's go do this thing again. We don't want to go out like that. We're going to get you some more help.
1: Well, the way that they structure the contract means what? if If they do... Like if they cut him, it's like a forty-four million dollar hit, right? Yeah, it's it's, a, it, it, it's ridiculous. They, 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 they can't
0: cut him. Cut cutting him is like a ninety-something million dollar hit. They because it could, all gets swallowed. They, they could they they could trade him, and it be it's but it, it still costs it, them a crap yeah, ton. Yeah, it's like forty-something million right. if he's traded. Forty-something million if he retires. Thirty-one something million non-restructurable if he plays then uh he's got about 59, 59 and a
1: half guaranteed
0: million dollars of cash reasons to play football next year so if he plays football next year he makes nearly 60 million bucks so he's playing he's gonna play
1: he's gonna play and they don't really have options and they didn't and and now they Jordan love they, they they didn't they had a chance to really play him your boy Nick Wright has been going hard on it all year long it's pretty funny like just like play Jordan love play Jordan love play Jordan love but it looks like Rogers was gonna make this magical run and sneak them into the playoffs, and then it doesn't happen last night, and they didn't find out anything more about Jordan Love. And yeah. And now they're going to have to say goodbye.
0: Yep. So, I, I think it is going to be, like always, a lot of smoke. But the last time he did this, he ended up – he signed the contract extension, and he said the last team he wants to play for is Green Bay. So, sure, he could change his mind. I'm sure he'd love to be a Niner on some level. But – I think he's just gonna end up going back to Green Bay. Yeah, probably. I, so th- I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try my best this year because we got plenty of Bears rumors this year. I don't really want to deal with all of the Aaron Rodgers. Let rumors.
1: me give you another reason not to worry about it as much in the off season. He's not as good as he used to be. I know, but he's still good. I know, but he's not as good as he used to be. And even though he still owns the Bears and did so twice this year, I'm not. I'm not afraid of him the way that I was. He doesn't. He doesn't carry that specter. Maybe this will come back to bite me in the ass next year when Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are more entrenched and everybody's a, a little bit further along. But I am. I, I am not living in fear of that dude um, the way that I have.
0: I think he'll beat the Bears after he retires. Brandon and Elgin, you're on the score. What's up, Brandon? What's
2: going on, guys. Happy uh, QB one and one party.
0: Thank you. God. Welcome to the party.
2: I want to ask about uh, Hard Knocks. I think the Bears are one of very few
1: teams that can't say no. A, what percentage chance would you put at them getting on Hard Knocks? And B, do you want them on the show next year?
0: Uh, Thanks for the call. Of course I want them on the show. Anything for content. If you you listen, you know that. Yeah, there's three things that can get you exempt. Uh, First-year head coach gets you exempt. Uh, Making the playoffs in the last two years. And appearing on Hard Knocks within the previous 10 years. So uh, you can say, if you've been on in the last 10 years, you could say no. If you've been in the playoffs in the last two years, you could say no. And if you got a first-time head coach, you could say no. The Bears obviously don't hit any of those criteria. So they technically uh, could be forced to do it. Bears... Ownership has basically shown no interest
1: in it. He's, he's gone further. He said uh, he's wary of it. We wish that program all the success in the world, he said on this radio station back in 2016.
0: Yeah, it's it's not something that the McCaskies like, but they could technically be forced to do it, but the NFL doesn't like to be in the business of forcing teams to do such a thing. So... Um, I'd have to look. I'd have to look into it and actually think about what teams fit the criteria along with the Bears. I don't know the other teams that that fit that. I'd have to. I'd have to think about. If you've
3: it. had Nathan Peterman on your team in the past three seasons, you're That's exempt what, as well. Yeah, so yeah. the Bears they're exempt now. Yeah, because Peterman's on it every season, practically. Yeah,
1: he's <laughs> oh, a God. big
3: recurring hard knocks character.
1: That was just. It, it was remarkable yesterday, wasn't it? The last offensive play of the season. Was where Chase Claypool doesn't make an adjustment and, and Tim Boyle is suddenly active and he's got a play and Duke Shelley is making the interception. Then Duke Shelley stomping all over the the Bears stuff after the game. I mean, I guess technically the last play was a Tim Boyle kneel down. Yeah, that's right. But the Tim Boyle interception to to Duke Shelley. Either way, not on the board when I considered how the Bears season must end.
0: Get your questions in for one last thing. I'll put the beard back on. The QB1 one and one party <laughs>
1: continues. He just teased when I'm going to put the beard back on. The
0: guys told me it works
1: for radio. It's
0: markets and Spiegel on the score. Mike Glennon has been battling all camp to secure the backup quarterback job. Right now, he's ahead by a neck. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you
1: stay connected on America's largest 5G network.